Welcome to TMP30, the 30th episode of the TM podcast. Today, with a, after a short break, short to medium break, uh, starting with a new topic, the package builder, brand new functionality. Yeah, and today we have um, some star guests from the field following the motto, create your own podcast. Uh, we have two consultants here and Markus. Please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Peter Wenzel. I'm a consultant for uh, SAP Transportation Management, um, and I'm happy to ask the questions today. Uh, hi, I'm Markus. Uh, I'm the responsible architect for the transportation network and areas of the uh, transportation planning. And I was also responsible for the creation of the package building functionality. Hi, everybody. My name is Stefan Helmbrecht, also from Sub Consulting, and I'm also happy to be here. Without asking questions. Sure. I, question comes yes, later. Two questions per person. <laughs> okay, Peter. You're asking the questions. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, so, Markus, what is the prerequisites we have uh, for the uh, so-called package builder that we have uh, seen in the new release of, of TM? Maybe you can give us a short overview um, what the key functionalities are and what the prerequisites are. Yeah. Uh, as already mentioned, uh, the functionality is brand new uh, in TM 9.3. Uh, and if I have to say it in one sentence, what does it do? Uh, it basically closes the gap between uh, product-based orders and the transportation planning that, that is based on packages. So we have a lot of functionality in, in the planning area, especially when searching for a right truck resource, which in reality uh, is always driven by pallets or let's say something like a footprint. And the issue that we had in TM was that we only had functionality that enabled uh, transportation planning based on units that were split by weight or volume. So, or pieces too. Or pieces too, <laughs> uh, which does not come really close to reality. So basically you, re you receive an order which contains product items and your complete transportation planning when selecting the right resources and also the charge calculation and uh, lots of the additional functionality is just based on higher level than, than just the product. So the functionality of the package builder closes that gap. So basically idea is to guess what will be the <coughs> package equivalent of that sales order, which is product based. Would that be... Or package must doesn't have to be a pallet, obviously. Right. I mean, for the transportation planning, this is right. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the standard functionality that is executed on an order that is uh, manually entered in TM or received from the ERP is that the fre freight unit builder runs. And the freight unit builder creates, let's say, the atomic pieces called freight units that are used then for the transportation planning. And those Trade units are now enrichable with the package building information, so the items that those freight units contain, and also the aggregated attributes on the freight unit header can be pallet specific. So, okay. So to come to the documents and TM, that would mean we're starting with a DTR, OTR, or a forwarding order, and then the next step would be that the um, actual the engine of the package builder is running in the background, and then we see the freight units that have 
that have shifted to those pellets, right? Yeah, right. From an architecture point of view, the package builder itself is integrated as a core component of the freight unit builder. So even though it is uh, from a software layer perspective developed in the SCM basis, it is integrated into the core freight unit building functionality. And um, here the functionality is now split into, let's say, three steps. So the first step that the freight unit builder always applies are the mandatory split criteria. That has always been the case. So incompatibilities of products, uh, different locations. So because the result of the freight unit builder will always be sets of products that can be delivered together. So first step is always to separate things that cannot go together. And then uh, for those groups of product items, the package building engine is called, if it's enabled, of course, and enriches those products with the information how they could be packaged together. And then the freight unit builder has the chance to create the freight units and apply an additional split criteria. For example, to say my freight unit should at most contain three pallets. So those three steps can now be executed uh, sequentially. Ah, so then it's the freight unit is not an atom anymore, but a <coughs> molecule, right? So it's grouping. That is right. That is right. <laughs> but still, uh, in itself, it is the atomic uh, unit for the transportation planning because we would never plan on the lower level of the freight unit itself. So maybe we can we can just go ahead and make one example to make this a little bit more clear. Um, say we want to we want to transport a uh, hundred pieces of notebooks. And how would it work with that? So we have the sales order, we are selling notebooks, we have the sales order coming over to TM as an OTR, and then we would start the process from there. How would it look like? Um, right. As soon as the OTR is received on the TM side, um, based on the, let's say, TRQ type, the freight unit building is uh, activated. So say, saying we have packages of notebooks, we have uh, two notebooks in one package, so we would have 50 packages. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sales order, we had, we had 100. Yeah, we had 100. Okay. So the uh, uh, OTRs received on the TM side. Checking the TRQ type, the freight unit builder will be executed. And there you can say, do I want to apply package building? If yes, then for example, the package builder would check the master data definitions and the assignments, for example, location or business partner specific and say, well, for that business partner, shipping from that warehouse, uh, four notebooks can go together. So I have 25 packages. Mm -hmm. And also uh, those packages could then be stacked on a pallet. So the result could be, for example, 100 notebooks end up in one full package corresponding to a pallet and right. one half full pallet. So the freight unit, as the result of the freight unit builder, would look like uh, in the item hierarchy having two main pallet items and the quantity of the notebooks below. So for example, uh, 80 uh, notebooks can go onto a pallet for that customer. So the first uh, package item would be the full pallet having 80 products below. And then you would see the second pallet item with the remaining 20 pieces. Okay. And for the resulting freight unit, also, of course, on the header level of the freight unit, you could, for example, see the quantity of pallets, what would be now one dot whatever. 
Correct. And if I understood so, it correctly, <coughs> then you have also the chance, based on the customizing setup of the freight unit building rule, that you always get, in this case, as a result, two freight units. Yep. Because you have the opportunity to choose how many pallets uh, would be created, how many freight yeah. units. Yeah, right. You have the opportunity. If, uh, the one extreme case would be to have one per pallet per freight unit. And the other extreme case would be to ha just have one freight unit containing everything that yeah. uh, is part of the order. And this really uh, depends on the planning scenario that you have. Which truck resources or container resources do I typically use? And there is really, let's say, the, the capability to, to steer the transportation planning process into the right direction. So to pick the right freight unit size. Yeah. Sorry, I think <coughs> the good thing with podcasts is that you can uh, replay everything slower. Uh, uh, however, <laughs> maybe I, I got lost somewhere between the 50 and the 80 uh, pieces. So, just for, for my understanding. The 80 and the 20 pieces, you mean? Somewhere there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a bit slower for me. Uh, so we start with a, what? So, okay, you said first thing is we find the freight unit building rule. Within that freight unit building rule, you have defined use package building, right? Right. Okay. Very simple. It's just one, uh, one profile you have to set. Okay. It's a click somewhere in the freight unit. Building. Okay. Right. Then uh, next thing is I uh, find the right uh, profile that should be applied here, right? You mentioned for that customer, for that yeah. product. Right. Okay. We come to that setup later. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we said, okay, two, no, it was four package, uh, sorry, four notebooks can go to into one yeah. package, right? Yeah. So that's the first packaging layer. Okay. Mm, well, I mean, from uh, what we need in transportation management is just the pallet information. So mm -hmm. the, the core engine itself is capable of creating a package item hierarchy. So yeah. it can put products into a box, yeah. Yeah. those boxes onto the pallet. Mm -hmm. But this is typically not required for TM. Yeah. So the first customers that we see are really uh, leaving that, uh, uh, that box level. item level out. They okay. just have a definition, the, uh, that count of Notebooks, for example, fills a complete palette. Okay, so it's an assignment of yep. notebooks, products to <coughs> the final package. Right, However, 80 pieces of a notebook fill one full palette. Okay, but you mentioned that the engine itself could also handle multi-packaging levels. Yep. So you could, maybe come to that later, also define that I have that for mm. notebooks in one box and then another yep. rule for... Yep. boxes to pallets. And then as a result, we still would have the pallet level only or would we then pallets and package level? Then in TM, we would have uh, the pallet, package and product level. Okay, all sweet. Okay, yep. okay, thank you. And what is also really important for the customers, what you said before, just to repeat that again, is that you can have a freight unit that contains multiple pallets uh, as one case, as well as the other case that you have one pallet per freight unit. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Now I got it as well. So okay. to continue, the, so to continue the process. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, after uh, the freight unit building has been executed, including the package building, the result is a set of freight units containing pallet and product items, at least if the if the box level is left out, and those freight units then serve for the manual planning or the automatic planning that can now be based on that pallet information. And then typically using the manual planning or the automatic planning, the 
freight order is created or a container unit is created or a trailer unit is created. So all of those Great. documents can be the result of that. Uh, and then, of course, those result documents also contain that item hierarchy. So if you assign a freight unit containing the pallet and product item hierarchy to a resource, of course, also the freight order contains that. Mm -hmm. And then as a follow-up step, after the, let's say, route planning and the assignment planning, you can execute the load planning and create a real load plan based on those pallets uh, for the truck. So the load plan will then contain the information, pallet one goes into the ref, uh, right left corner. That, yeah, shameless plug to <coughs> TMP 20 something yeah, yeah. about the load planning or the documentation, yeah. of course, what load plan. And this would then be the TM internal end-to-end -end process. So we receive the order, do the freight unit building, do the, uh, do the route planning, and then do the load planning itself. Based on the packages or pallets that we've right. built in the load, no, package building yeah. in the freight unit. <coughs> Yeah, and uh, and maybe one sentence regarding the uh, confusion about packages and pallets. I mean, the typical use case for that is pallet building. So this is how we started. That's why the uh, core functionality and 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 some buttons might might be called uh, pallet, pallet building. But uh, on the document level, it is a package item. So, which in its uh, yeah, use can be a palette, but to be more generic and to support more scenarios, we decided that is basically a package builder. So, this is the explanation why there's the confusion between pallets and packages. So, pallets are specific types of packages. Okay, one, one question on the on the interface. As we we've heard, we don't have a UI that actually shows how the pallet is built. We can see it from the from the freight unit afterwards, but we don't have any uh, steering or any manual chances to manipulate that. So after the freight after the package building, do we actually have the option to manipulate the freight unit and to say, okay, this product has to go into this package because I know that and I don't have the capabilities to set this up in the rule or how does it work if I make a mistake? Uh, you don't trust the package builder it seems. I trust it completely <laughs> but I don't trust people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why? <laughs> no, I think currently it's not uh, possible to adapt, adjust that manually because, I mean, you could do it in the first place but then the next update which triggers freight unit building again would not consider uh, that manual changes and that's, a, I mean, a, a general it, it would be a change on the freight unit then, right? It would be a change on the freight unit, but then uh, we would need, and that maybe some, some for, something for the outlook, uh, you would need something uh, to handle that change for updates, right? So now instead of 100, uh, you, you let's assume you build your uh, pallet and let's say including that package level uh, for the 100 uh, notebooks. Now you kind of change that to, I don't know, put, put because this is a very thin notebook, you squeeze uh, five boxes into, um, uh, sorry, five notebooks into one box, um, mm -hmm. for some of them, because also the not MacBooks Air are so thin enough to do so. Uh, now an update comes in. So uh, the order has been changed to, let's say, 98, 102, whatever, <coughs> or in servers instead of notebooks. Um, then, of course, you have to rerun that um, package builder functionality. And what do you do now with the manual changes? So that's pretty complicated as always. I mean, creation is easy, update is ugly, and 
Correct. But let's 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 yep. make another example. Let's say I want to change the pallet type. Uh, I want, don't want to have a wooden pallet anymore, but I want to have a plastic one, and I need to change the type manually in the freight unit. Mm -hmm. Is how is that possible, or do you have the option to? No, this. I mean, if if you generally say, uh, I, uh, for example, don't want to stack that onto a euro pallet, but a customer specific pallet, you would need to change the definitions that the package builder is based on, and then re-trigger uh, the the package building itself. Because uh, the package builder needs to then pick up, for example, a different quantity that a, a full pa uh, pallet can hold. Yeah. Okay. And again, from my point of view or for the customer point of view, think about if you start with an OTA <coughs> integration and you get the pallets, as Marcus described, in the reality, not on this order, um, the, the trucks will be filled later on. Later on, it comes always from the delivery point of view and after the facts out of the warehousing. So I, I would assume such in the case that you manipulate something in the OTR level with what you said, change the palette or whatever, it could always happen later on if it comes really to a situation that it comes out of the warehouse. The situation could yeah. be totally different. Yeah, and, 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 and one important thing here is, uh, why are we doing this? We are actually doing this to determine the number of pallets that we have to transport. So really the real assignment of some of the product items to a very specific pallet item that you really have in the freight unit. So it would never make sense to switch anything between there as long as you say, uh, don't say there is one less pallet or one more pallet because this would then adjust the transportation planning. So the real assignment of the products, of course, it kind of goes into the direction. How much does it weigh? Uh, how high can the pallet be? There can be differences, but we really have to keep in mind that we are talking about large volume scenarios here. So for customers having, I don't know, 10,000 pallets a day. So nobody in reality would really switch things around because if they would need to switch things around, some of their definitions are not correct. And then they would really have to work on that. And as mentioned, updates are always <coughs> complicated. So even if it's like a small change, it's still, yep. let's say the result is different from what the result of the package builder would be and you still would need to handle that delta. I would say maybe it might make sense to say, okay, I can squeeze that onto one pallet today exceptionally yeah. and want to do that in a way. So I wouldn't say it doesn't make sense because that's a planning change, but it's really hard to handle. And that's why in the first go uh, it's... Um, but especially yeah. the topic of I can squeeze something onto that pallet needs to be done in the package builder itself. So we already have ideas into that direction to work with tolerances where the user can try to manipulate. Mm -hmm. So for example, he runs it uh, at first place and figures out well the package builder has created one very little pallet where there are only two boxes on it that he can kind of increase within the freight unit builder uh, a tolerance factor so that if he re-triggers that package building included as core component for the freight unit uh, building that he can be sure that the package builder will try to not uh, start uh, a new package. And from the from a UI <coughs> perspective, how would you re-trigger it? You would just rerun freight unit building, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So that's an outlook into the future to make it very clear currently. Uh, that's what we have today and, and uh, can really talk about is 
uh, that the freight builder runs with including that profile that is found. I mean, there might be some, we come to that, how is that hmm? package definition found? We come to that and that might be a way to tweak it. Um, but at the moment, clearly it's running and we have the result, no manual change uh, possible. At the moment, clearly that's something that we may do in the future. No promises here. But maybe again, back to a normal scenario in, in, in the um, in the normal company that we said, yes, we, we will use this powerful tool for the maybe OTR integration, as Marco said, because we had so far the lag that we cannot calculate, that is more or less what the, 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 the system do, calculate the, the amounts of pallets, then we can start in the normal way that the planning of a freight order and knows how many pallets roughly uh, will go <coughs> on the truck. And normally then later on the DTR is coming with the original information of the handling unit. That means now you have the information how many hand, hand, handling units you have and which product is assigned to which pallet out of the delivery information with the handling units. And then normally I would assume we can handle this in TM with an update logic and then we get the right pallet amount with the right assignment of the products, right? But, but in this case it would just be a proposal. Um, so the pallet building would be the proposal and the outcome is a proposal and then you would have the freight unit. But you can also think about another scenario what we have seen out there is when you're starting with a DTR and then you have the fixed amount already so it's not a proposal anymore but it's, it's a fixed plan that actually has to go like this. Correct, but so, in, this so case, in, this, in this case it would make sense to have this manual adjustment again. Again, uh, then it's my question if we have a situation that the DTR is coming with the original information, I would assume also the handling unit is coming. Not in that case, no, right? Not my case. Okay. So clear answer, it depends. It depends. No, I, no, no, honestly, I mean, a manual change is always a good idea in automated processes. But it is, as Bernd said, complicated. So, for example, also in the, uh, in the load planning itself, we don't have a manual interaction currently. And what we see is, of course, there are situations when the transportation planner takes a look at that and he says well the pallet can still go onto the truck or a box would fit on the pallet of course this requirement exists but maybe you brought up an interesting um point uh, so maybe we can now i think we just wrap it up so our document in within tm qtm starting with the otis otr comes in Freight unit building rule found, freight unit building rule includes package building. Package building is done with one or more additional packaging layer, and then I create freight orders or whatever planning results I have. Yeah. yeah. One thing that we did not yet touch regarding the core functionality, so our example was really simple. So we have one product and we want to package it or put it onto pallets. Uh, the real challenge and the real, let's say, consolidation potential for the functionality uh, are mixed pallets. So uh, how can I combine multiple products uh, onto, onto a pallet? Because this really saves, uh, if you do it right, uh, transportation capacity, if you can fill the pallet as good as possible to save, let's say, footprint. 
uh, and this is uh, goes way beyond a pure product packaging. I think we will come to that when we talk about customizing <coughs> settings. Um, so I will first do now. I don't. Well, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, I just wanted to mention yeah, yeah, that yeah. this is really one of the of, of the core features that the, the the new component offers. Okay, so you could just to to understand that feature, so you could define that different products or or boxes, I assume, could be mixed in a certain way right, on right. a certain right. packaging material. Yeah, to enhance uh, our example, so we don't have just an order with notebooks. We also have, uh, let's say, servers in that. So we order 100 notebooks and we order 10 servers. And now, uh, if you have a very simple functionality, uh, the, the notebooks can go together and the servers can go together and would always end up on different pallets. Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, one half full pallet of notebooks and one half full pallet of servers. And if you now have the logic, how can I combine those uh, in, in a good case, those can maybe go together and end up in one pallet. So you don't need to ship two pallets, but you only need to ship one pallet. They even stuff the notebooks into the servers, right? <laughs> yeah. One question that comes, of course, with that is, uh, let's say we want to have the uh, servers in the basement and the laptops has to be somewhere in the building. So we want to, to put the service to the pallet first. And then we won't put the no notebooks on it. So is there a sequence possible if we do the load planning? Yeah. Uh, from a transportation management point of view, this is not important. So what is important for us is just the, the number of pallets that those would consume. So of course, uh, we have foreseen that uh, such requirements would come up. But really for TM, this is not important. And I cannot see that it will be important for the future. But as soon as we are talking about the reuse of the functionality in a warehouse context, where we really want to create such a pallet building instruction already on TM side and then transport it uh, to a warehouse as information, uh, this will become more relevant. So internally, the package builder holds such information. So where do I put which layer? So where, uh, more generically, where do I put which product? Uh, but it's not stored on TM level since this would really mess up our documents if we, if we would really need to split everything in layer and each product knows exactly where it is located. And since this is not transportation relevant, uh, we just left it out. The core component already uh, has internally such information. So it can grow in the future into that direction. So, so this, this would lead to my next questions um, about the integration with, with other systems. So may I have you one can, yeah. uh, question on one. that? Okay, I have two questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, have, I have two answers. <laughs> Depends. Uh, yeah, so the, so the load builder itself would already consider the uh, stackability then? Or, I mean, it's clear the result is just assignment to a pallet without a persisted or stored uh, la layer, etc. But for the building process itself, would it already consider consider stackability of the items, or is that also not considered or slash not relevant? Uh? No, it does currently not. So it's foreseen. No. So the spot where this needs to be decided, uh, I mean, this is already uh, uh, very detailed. But as soon as we are starting combining products together, mm -hmm. we always ask for a product stack if we want to put the next thing on. Can it go uh, to, to that stack and where does it need to be located? And okay. right 
in there is an enhancement spot okay. where you can check that. <coughs> but as soon as the warehouse uh, process becomes more relevant, I guess there is going to be some standard logic there. Currently, there is, there, okay. there is no standard logic. But that I understood it correct, you said, and it's right from the transportation point of view, if you have two products and both are stackability, then it's enough for TM. So we just checked, we have product one, we have product two. Yes, they are stackable. If it comes one and then two or two and then one, it's from the transportation <coughs> point of view, it right. doesn't matter. Right. It's only important, yes, it can both on a pallet. Yeah. Okay, and it's stackable, it's not this product can be stacked on top of that yeah. or this product can be Okay, but I think we come to those details. Yeah. So now I have to invent another question, right? I said two questions. Uh, how do you do, Marcus, today? <laughs> Not so good. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for those good questions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the next point would be the integration to the other systems. So do we have pre-systems that, that has to be... So how does it look, the process, before actually going to TM? And what can we think about um, if we have created if we have done the whole process in TM, saying we have the freight order as the outcome, um, what would be the outcome then? Or what can we think about scenarios that has to yeah. come with that? So uh, we already touched uh, on the uh, sales order coming from the ERP side. So um, talking about the ERP integration, so we have two pieces or two parts. Uh, the first thing is, of course, uh, the package builder is based on product and material master data. This can be centrally maintained in a, in the on the ERP side and transferred into any SCM system, so TM or EWM. And there you can centrally on the ERP side uh, maintain the relevant, let's say, conversion rules of, of when putting a product uh, onto a pallet. So this is the first part. And the second part is, of course, the standard document flow, how ERP and TM talk uh, with each other. So sales order, OTR, DTR, and stuff like that. So there's nothing new invented. One important thing here to mention is, of course, that on the TM side, the freight unit builder can be steered into a direction to not overwrite already existing packaging information coming from the ERP side. So, for example, you have uh, integrated with high effort on the ERP side already uh, some third-party tool uh, enriching your documents there with, uh, with such information and you transfer it to TM. Of course, we will not blow it away uh, in the freight unit building. So this can be decided on document type level. Um, very important, but of course, if you don't have it on the ERP side, which is typically not the case, uh, you can then, of course, run the functionality on the TM side. And I assume that works for any kind <coughs> of TRQ, so it could be an OTR means a sales order base, STO or purchase order based, correct? And it could be a delivery based, right. and it can also be forwarding right. orders and right. rotation, maybe. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right, rotation. since it is integrated into the core functionality of the freight unit builder wherever in TM the freight unit builder can be applied the package building can be applied and the second uh, system would be a warehouse system so as a let's say yeah not only receiving system but also uh, maybe uh, the reality system uh, so the package building itself is a let's say core warehouse feature so one might wonder why we have something on the TM side, because in reality, pallets are 
built always in in the warehouse so they know exactly how to do that and the guy at the uh, at the um, consolidation area he does it uh, but since we required it uh, require it for the transportation planning which in the typical end-to-end -end process comes before the warehouse task is executed uh, you can imagine a scenario where you run the package building on tm side uh, create the transportation plan so you have the freight order as the result document and this can then using the standard outbound message of tm transferred to the ewm side and depending on the capability of that warehouse system you can of course receive uh, that package building instruction and then process it but uh, in the ewm this is currently not available so the outbound message of the transportation management contains uh, the relevant package building and load planning information but uh, the ewm is not capable of receiving that yet so those are typically the two systems uh, with which we talk. And uh, also important, <coughs> speaking of reality, of course, a complete end-to-end -end process requires an update from the uh, EWM site back into the TM with the real palette that has been created. But this is, uh, I think, already covered by, by, by the update messages. Oh, for the freight I order. don't have a podcast for it yet. Ooh. 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 <laughs> it's like it doesn't exist, right? No. So you can think of an additional system. Yeah, I can think of it. And that's uh, now actually the same system, but slightly different process. That is the ERP, ah, event management, okay. ERP uh, uh, system and the delivery creation in ERP systems, which we use that package uh, information of the freight unit for the delivery creation in a way or is that yet not in scope or uh, it is potentially in scope uh, the functionality has not been developed okay so but it would make sense yeah yeah okay currently the package information on the otr based freight unit does not influence the delivery creation on the erp side to be honest mm -hmm. i don't exactly know Okay, yeah, that's why maybe Emmanuel should be with you. Uh, yeah, maybe we do a follow-up uh, podcast on delivery creation. for. <laughs> I know that some of the first customers have such a document flow, mm -hmm. and I'm not completely sure how much coding they had to write themselves to make it work. Mm -hmm. So I cannot say... Uh, okay, so I clearly can recommend the, to read the show notes where we will uh, add some context uh, information on that one. Okay. Or oh, now I will delete the question. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 one more thing to mention is uh, what we also have foreseen is kind of for the customers not having on the ERP side a uh, package building functionality. So right when you enter your sales order, it would be a great functionality to immediately see how much pellets those uh, ordered products would consume. Okay. So we are aware of the requirement for such a functionality, it would require from the ERP side maybe a core into the TM or oh, warehouse a great system. Future integrated product <coughs> one day may come. Um, so this is an additional use case for the functionality. So we have the ERP core, we have the TM usage, which we elaborated on, and we also have the uh, the warehouse uh, usage. That would bring me to the next question uh, around the material master uh, or product master in TM. So where do we, 
Where do we actually uh, have the information whether a product is stackable? Um, so where do we maintain that? I mean, we have covered it a little bit where we see uh, we sift it over to TM, but maybe you can go into detail that, on that a little bit more. Yeah. When we started developing the functionality, uh, it was clear to me that we did not want to invent something completely new. I mean, if you are checking the standard material master data, there is already... Uh, quite a large number of fields available pointing into the direction of packaging. Uh, and also uh, we have been aware of existing functionality like the puck spec, uh, which is uh, in the warehouse context, a very sophisticated framework for packaging things. Um, but for a TM customer, this would never have been uh, yeah. Appropriate to maintain. Appropriate to, to use, yeah. So even some warehouse customers are saying it's too complicated. So there, we needed to invent something in between, but reuse as much as possible. So we said we want to stick uh, to the material master data. And uh, actually, it was Bernd's idea to check the alternative quantities that are there. Uh, and um, so basically, you have to maintain the stacking rules and the conversion rules. So how many pieces of my product can go onto a specific pallet? This is based on the units of measure. Uh, you can create also the package material itself as the product master data. So for example, your Euro pallet, and this enables then the package builder to consider also the weight and for example, the height of the pallet when uh, checking that against some of the limits that the customer allows. For example, the customer allows only uh, pallets that are one meter high. Of course, the 10 centimeters of the pallet uh, need to be considered there also. So this is the first thing you need to create. Uh, basically, there are not too many fields that you have to maintain. But typically for a customer, <coughs> the challenge is that they have hundreds of uh, of, of products. So, um, so for a product, you define for different uh, packaging material types, then right. how many of them can go onto it, right? Onto a full pallet. Onto a full pallet. Okay. <coughs> or a package. So, so let's, let's uh, go back to the example, maybe. We have this 100 notebooks. Uh, mm -hmm. We want to put them into boxes with five because we have MacBook Airs. Mm -hmm. And then we want to put that onto pallet. What are the exact settings that needs to be done in there? So the first thing is, you would, in that more complicated scenario, including the boxes, uh, you would first of all have the uh, notebook as product material. Yeah. There you would say... Uh, five pieces of me, the notebook, go into a box defined by, for example, a unit of measure mm -hmm. box. And then you would need to have a, a package material using that unit of measure as base unit of measure. And there you would say, well, 10 boxes make one pallet. So, in the, but in the easiest example, let's leave out the box. Uh, you would say, uh, for example, 80 pieces of the notebook fill one of one complete pallet. And if I would have like two different pallet types, uh, I right. would have right. You would say uh, 80 pieces go onto pallet type one. Let's say unit of measure PL1, mm -hmm. and 50 pieces fill PL2. 
So it's a smaller pallet then. Okay, so so then the sorry, then your optimizer would go ahead and take pallet two because if we no no no, no, no this is just the this is just the definition on the material master data how the conversion can be applied. Which pallet type to choose is currently fixed. So there's no optimization depending on the ordered quantities. It's really saying usually to that customer. Uh, shipping from that warehouse, I would use a Euro pallet, but maybe the next customer, he orders always the small pallets because he can handle them better in, in, in his gotcha. warehouse. So this is really, there's no optimization. So that means for every packaging material I use, I would define a, a non-dimensional unit of measure right. in my system. Right. Okay. So in the easiest... In the very easiest example, you just have one pallet type, which is in Europe not untypical. You could use already the uh, predefined uh, unit of measure pile, which you find in the system, uh, and you don't need to create a new one. But as soon as your scenario gets more complicated, you, uh, there is the need to define the unit of measure. And as far as I know, they can also be transferred from the ERP Uh, side to the TM side because of course in such a scenario you would like to maintain the product master data including the alternative units of measure already on the ERP side. So there are yeah. two ways doing that, right? I always when I was in consulting the old days I used like a BW syncing report, but now we can do it using the solution Sync. manager. So sync those kind of tables then yep. which are not sift. Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. So repeating we have a material that's a packaged material which then has a Alternative quantity for per package type it could use, and then um, do you have an explicit assignment also to that packaging material, or is it through the, that uh, um, unit of measure? No, this is then the this is through the unit of measure. Okay. Yep. Uh, and the next thing that you can maintain in the product master data then for the mixed pallet building is uh, a layer definition where you can say, for example, four of my boxes create one complete layer on the pallet because the functionality then works in a way that it tries to stack complete layers onto mm. each other and it needs to know how many pieces fill the complete layer. So if, if you're not building mixed pallets at all, this is not required, so it's optional, but as soon as you want to combine Uh, multiple products with each other, then a layer definition is required. And only products having the same unit of measure for the layer definition can then be combined. That was my next question. Of course, that must be unit of measure um, specific, right? Because right. on one pallet type it might be four and on the <coughs> other it might be ten. Right, right. And that would lead to the next and last question around the customizing settings. Uh, if is, isn't it already for the material master? That, that's it? Or? That's it for the so material master data. So simple. <laughs> mm. okay. Yeah, maybe uh, one thing I forgot is uh, I, I already said that you can create the package material itself as master data. This includes also next to uh, weight and height that is considered or dimensions. Uh, this also enables you to define a globally valid uh, limit regarding weight and height. So, for example, you can say company-wide, I would never stack more than 
one ton or 105 tons onto a euro pallet and i would never in my company even if it would be physically possible would never build packages that are uh, above 1.8 meters so there you can define a global limit for your package material where was that sorry in the package material in the package material there is under the tab package data there are some maximums ah. that you can define so, in that's in so the this is important package material itself so the pallet or yep. package type or right. whatever it may be yeah and and also there's a, a flag where you can say it's a closed packaging or not so Of course, a pallet is not closed, so the package builder would determine out of the quantities that he stacked onto that pallet the height of the mm. of the yeah, unit that is then transportation relevant. Of course, if it's a closed packaging like a guitar box, uh, you would then say uh, the the height is already uh, always fixed. Okay. So this is also uh, one important detail here. Or you will closed one. <coughs> For those who don't know what a guitar box is. Yeah, you can you can look it up. You can look it up. It's G-I-T-T-E-R-B-O-X. And it's German. Thanks, Bernd. <laughs> okay, then we go ahead and uh, with the last question, customizing settings. Um, we have talked a little bit about mixed palettes. Uh, what are any other uh, settings that we can think of? Mm. What, is, what is actually customizing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the three uh, things that are required for the package builder, uh, we already covered the material master data. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the second thing is the um, package building profile. There are some steering attributes available. So, for example, do I want to build mixed packages at all or do I want to skip that step? There are some tolerances, but you would should really check then the documentation for that. but this is really the generally steering profile for the complete functionality so, the, so i understood the main settings can you can find then in your either dtr otr or forwarding order types right. customizing from there you can jump to the freight unit building rule and if you've done that you can see the actual profile of the right. package right. builder right. and from there you can right. go into the customizing right. settings right. and adjust your right. settings Great. right Right. So the profile is basically used to activate and steer the package building pro uh, process. Um, historical, uh, historically speaking, uh, most of those fields became more or less obsolete in the meanwhile. So we started with the component and said, well, you might skip one of those uh, steps in the standard functionality, but it became more and more clear that we needed on a way more detailed level. So Uh, and I will talk about that in a minute. So we need it on product level. So most of those attributes uh, can simply be ignored, uh, even though they would still globally steer the process and you could kind of uh, um, decide on document type level, uh, do I want to build mixed packages or not? But most of those went uh, in the granularity a little bit down onto the product package type assignment, which is the third um, important piece for the package building. So, so this, this profile is assigned to the freight unit building. Right. So there's no determination of that no. or so, but it's directly right. defined Half in the freight unit building. <coughs> okay. right. Mm -hmm. right. So the first um, area or definition, uh, the oh, one step back, the uh, package building profile is customizing. 
And the third uh, thing is the product package type assignment table. Uh, this is available in the menu under master data next to the product definition. And this is not customizing since all of those uh, key fields are, are master data objects. So, and basically what you are doing here is you decide for the combination of product Location. location, which is semantically uh, the shipping location, uh, and the business partner, which covers, let's say, the destination where you are shipping to. Uh, for those three key fields, you can define which package do I use, how high can I stack it, how much weight can I deliver using one of the packages to the customer and some steering attributes. So does this customer, for example, allow mixed packages? Does he... Uh, like them. <coughs> uh, no. <laughs> How he can handle this, yeah. for example, yeah. what you said with yeah. the highs and the weights. Yeah, right. And that you said it's a business partner and it maps to the consignee of the freight unit? Yep. Okay. Yep. So I was just smiling a little bit because in the beginning the location was semantically interpreted uh, as the destination location, but we be, uh, are now uh, pretty sure that it should be the source location where you are shipping from. So because the destination the is already usually covered by the business partner. Okay. And it's not different per stage, so it's end-to-end yeah. -end for the... Yeah. So to explain it a little bit more, so on the product, you define generally available conversion rules. Mm -hmm. And in the product package type assignment, you bring the product, the business partner, the location, and the definitions together. So there you are saying, my notebooks going to that customer use a Europilot. Going to the other customer are using a, a different palette type. So this is really the central definition table to steer the engine into the direction how to package it right. Okay, so that, and that's the <coughs> next level of packaging or coming to our example with the boxes and the pellets or the final? This is the um, next, next level. level. Okay, this so you say next. in our example, you would first need to say, okay, This uh, MacBooks Air uh, going to uh, burn at home yep. uh, always need to be packed in uh, packages of 20 yeah. or into that packaging material. Yep. Um, and, and then would be another definition for those packaging material yep. going to burn again on the pallets. But I think okay. it also depends on what is the customer set of his ERP system. I know from some customer <coughs> where I was that you can enter, for example, for the notebook. In our case, you can directly enter in the sales order a unit of measure of two boxes. That means, in this case, eight pieces. <coughs> so it really depends how the customer set up his sales order. You can order it on the piece level, you mm -hmm. can order it on a box level, or you can order it on a padded level because... In famous sales yeah. yeah. <laughs> Important here, uh, we started with very strict definitions that would require uh, exactly what you've mm -hmm. just explained, uh, which led our first customers uh, to maintain 10,000 of entries there. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we have improved that maintenance uh, being also capable of interpreting patterns. So my um, expectation in a well-defined scenario would be 
that you have a very generic entry. So usually I ship everything out of all of my warehouses to all of my customers using Euro pellets. And then you maintain only the exceptions from that case, which led for that first customer of a reduction from more than 10,000 entries down to, I, I don't know, 40. So you can define stars, you can define stars in all of the key fields, you can leave them out. Uh, and the engine, this is also very important to mention, it will never combine entries here, which is always important to mention when you are allowing patterns. Uh, it will always check for the most specific entry. And then, uh, for example, you cannot say to that customer and you leave the product and the location out and you say to that customer 1.8 meters. So this is the first uh, entry and the second entry would be something product specific. So it will not merge anything. So the exceptions from the general maintained uh, entries really need to be well-defined and completely okay. defined. That sounds pretty much like a condition, but it's mm. not. So you don't have to listen to the TMP uh, too. Ah. Um, <laughs> Good. So that's the way how you define which packaging material to be used. And then we talked earlier about uh, how many pieces uh, and layers I use for that packaging material based on that unit of measure. Um, and here in the, goes, yeah. comes together, right? Yeah. And here also in the product package type assignment table, you not only specify the package material you want to use, but also the layer unit of measure you want to use when building mixed pellets. Okay, I believe you. Sorry. <laughs> and, and I know some topics here. What you said is always the option to say if you have a mixed scenario, then you can also have a mixed scenario with two pallets. What does it mean? You have two small pallets with some boxes on it, and you will put one of the smaller pallets, including the boxes, on top on another pallet. What you said always with, if you work always with a forklift, and it makes sense to have another pallet on top of a pallet. And that is always, I would say, a part of this package assignment. And you can choose right. with another pallet or without another pallet. Right. You can then define per, let's say, product layer. Do I want to use a physical package or pallet uh, or not? So this really is going into the direction of warehouse handling efficiency. So they go to the, to, to the bin and pick the complete quantity. Of course, uh, depending on the order, they pick it up with the forklift, go to the next bin and can immediately stack it onto, onto the uh, other pallet that is not full. <coughs> and that is okay. the important thing. What mm. Marco said some minutes before that we, in this case, also, um, check the high maybe on top with the other, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the, here it is very important to mention that in TM we would uh, consider such a stacked pallet mm. still as one unit. Yeah. So there is kind of a, let's say, gray area between the pallet building using such a functionality of already stacking something and the load planning in TM which could also do that. So it really depends. Do I want to have one, say, Handling unit for that, 
or do I want to keep it separated, then I would not do it. Then I would simply not combine those. I would allow in my freight unit one very small pallets and then do the let the load planning combine them together. But if I say I know that because they are going to the same customer and he always expects such pallets, I can already force the pallet builder to combine them. So in that case, I would have as a result a package, uh, sorry, pallet item with another pallet item as a sub-item? No, no. You would still on the TM side just see the product quantities assigned. Uh -huh. uh, and the result of the generic package builder contains the required material count. So how many physical pallets do I require? But for TM, uh, still, it's not no transportation management relevant yeah. information. So we don't store it on the business document level. So what I would have as a result is then that one package item with quantity one or two? With quantity one. One. Because for us, it's one unit that we want to because transport. Because what we want to need, or what we actually want to know is the pallet footprints that I would need. And that right. is one right. that I have another... Yeah piece of wood in the middle yeah. uh, is well, kind of considered in building it, but that not. Right, and it's place. hard to test because the only effect that flag has is a different height of the resulting pallet. If I switch it off, I lose the 10 centimeters of the additional physical pallet in a very simple scenario, just combining two products. If I switch it on, the pallet in result will be 10 centimeters higher, which could, of course, trigger the creation of a different pallet. But it's really difficult to see on TM document level, I admit. Okay, so it maybe sooner or later makes sense to have like at least an indication of, <laughs> of that. Okay. And of course, the number of physical pallets that you require is money for our customers. Yeah, because it costs them something. So they, even though today many of them do not care about that, All of the customers we spoke to kind of have in their mind to have a better control regarding the physical material that costs them something. What so we, we need to kind of foresee to maybe add it to the TM document, but it's not yeah. there yet. What is a big gap in our solution <coughs> at all if we come to a so-called pallet uh, accounting at all, which is common scenario in all transportation business? Agree. Tracking the pallets. And, and stuff. Yeah, and how many pallets I send it to you, what, which pallet I can get back from you, which yeah. pallet is on the way, which pallet is counted to the carrier, and something like this. Thank you for reminding us. <laughs> It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, I would have one last question. Maybe can we just... To understand that pallet building um, engine itself, that do you think makes sense to get, just go through the steps the engine performs to understand mm -hmm. it a yep. bit? Or, yeah, uh, uh, it absolutely makes sense. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we start with uh, having material master and having found yeah. all that master yeah. data and config we talked about before. What does yeah. your magic coding do now? Yeah, so the package builder receives the grouped product items uh, from the freight unit builder. It, as you have correctly explained, it checks the product master data, gets all of the conversion rules and the limits. It checks the uh, product package type assignment, so onto which pallet shall I put it. Uh, this is called internally a kind of 
split factor determination. So it decides per item that it receives completely separated at that point in time. What are the conversion rules? Where shall I put it to? Is mixed pellet building enabled? And all of the limits that you can define. After that, it applies a grouping. So it determines for the set of items which can go together. So in the simplest case, all can go onto Euro pellet. So it creates one group. Uh, in a more complicated scenario, it would split them. So uh, it would never then combine something that should go onto Euro pellet with a customized pellet. So yeah, that's the first split. So this is what, the what is my <coughs> packaging material based on all the config we talked about? Right. So and then per group. So in the simplest scenario, one group. In a more complicated scenario, more groups. Per group, it will then per item check how many full pallets of that product can I create. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have ordered, let's say, um, 100 notebooks mm -hmm. and 80 notebooks per split factor determination fill a complete euro pallet. It will split up that quantity of 80 and say, and because there is no need to handle it any further, it will at that point in time create one, one pallet with that 80 uh, pieces below and the remaining quantity, which does not fill a complete pallet, will be passed to the second step. So this is still done separated uh, for all of the items uh, and the result of that step can be per item if I have a customer shipping not too many products, mm -hmm. uh, a high number of full pallets. So or in the in the retail scenario, maybe where you order very little quantities of many products, maybe the outcome of the first step is zero, zero full product pallets. And in your in your example, what would be the group <coughs> that you have talked before? Excuse me. The group that you have talked. Every about? pallet, every product on, which goes on a on, Europe pallet. Onto Europe pallet. Okay. Yeah. So the result of the very first step is. Uh, zero up to n uh, full product pallet and the remaining quantity per item. So for example, if I would only have ordered 80 notebooks, they go completely onto one pallet. So for that item, I'm already done. If I order 90, the remaining quantity is 10. Um, then as a second step, it will uh, create for that Remaining quant. In case I, I did not allow uh, uh, um, uh, mixed pellets, I'm, I'm done. already I'm done. Done. Yeah. It will then as a as a second step, mm -hmm. it will check per item, is it allowed to put that item onto a mixed package? Mm -hmm. In case not, it will create one pallet. In our example, one pallet containing those ten notebooks. If it finds in the product package type assignment a layer definition, it will say, okay, I, I can uh, potentially mix that item, those notebooks with something else. It will apply that layer quantity that we have maintained on the product master data. And remember, we said uh, four boxes. It will then create those product layers. Maybe one uh, <coughs> the definition of uh, mixed is not being on the same item, right? It's not the same sales or a product or so. Mm -hmm. It's not being on the same item. Okay. Right. So right. if I have, for whatever reason, two items with a note with the same notebooks on it and same data set, which doesn't make sense, it would be handled separately, right? right? Just it, to go to the extreme. Right. Okay. Right. 
And this is, of course, a point for discussion in the future. So, uh, well, that was more for understanding so now. <laughs> so if, you complete, if you complete your example now, mm -hmm. let's say we have the five servers, we want to ship them as well, four servers fit to one pallet. Right. So we would have the leftover of this 10 right. notebooks at the one server, right. and that would be the next mixed pallet. So in total, we would have three pallets that needs to be. Right. So uh, we can build it, right, the mixed one. Right. So we in that step, um, let's say, uh, so we have that one server, yeah. and we have the 10 notebooks. So both have the same package definition, both have the same layer definition, So, uh, or let's say not definition, but assignment. So both go onto Europilot, so they can potentially be combined. Both have a definition for, let's say, unit of measure uh, L1. Mm -hmm. uh, so the engine can create product layers. So let's say 10 notebooks to make it a little bit more easier, 10 notebooks fill a complete layer. And the server itself uh, is an incomplete layer because maybe if if you kind of tilt them, two servers would fill uh, the the Euro pallet. So at that point in time, the package builder would know I have a complete product layer of notebooks and I have an incomplete layer which contains one server. And then it would apply the layer combination logic, checking regarding the limits of the pallet. And we, uh, so the height limit and the weight limit, it would now say, well, as a first step, I assign that full notebook layer to the pallet, everything fine, so it doesn't violate the, the height, it doesn't uh, violate the width. And then it, it would uh, start to add the new layer. In our example, it would only be the incomplete layer of the server. And it would say, well, that fits very well, so I can combine it. <coughs> just just uh, being curious. In case I would have uh, another, a third um, freight unit item with a desktop, okay, nobody buys desktop, let's say tablets, mm -hmm. um, would I be able to combine that remainder on the same layer with the desktops and how do you kind of yeah. calculate the consumption of space on that layer? Yeah, so, so there is... Um no limitation regarding the number of product items that can be put onto a mixed palette. Yeah. So basically it would, as I've explained, just create those product layers that can be complete or incomplete ones. And then uh, in standard, it would apply a bin stacking algorithm to optimize the consumption of height. Uh, it, I mean, there are some mathematical solutions for that. It would just check how high is the layer For example, for a server, how high is the layer for the notebooks? How high is the layer or the layers for, for the tablets? And then it would freely combine them to consume as little height as possible. <coughs> that would also mean if we have a server that is high and if we switch it around, it would also take that into consideration. No, right? no. no, no. You define on product uh, level how you want to transport it. It's not Tetris. It. It's, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Right. No, it does not do that. Okay. But, uh, but, 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 but one important thing, the second step, uh, and I already went a little bit uh, too far here, the second step is really the combination of full layers for a product. Of course, sometimes uh, if you create a full product layer and we said 10 notebooks make one full full layer, if we ha have a leftover quantity of 11, we have one left. And the third step, 
really is after creating those full layers is to combine the then still remaining quantities into mixed layers. And here currently we have a surface based algorithm to optimize the, yeah, the, let's say space usage. But uh, in the future, this might grow into a more volume based logic and talking to some of our retail customers this uh, sounds like a pretty good idea to do <laughs> and then the goal would of course be to combine let's say you have one left over a notebook you have one left over server and one left over tablet of course they can still be put onto the top of that one palette so the algorithm would combine one full layer of the notebooks one full layer of the tablets and then put on top the remaining quantities. And if I would have more remaining, is it only one layer where I would <coughs> have, let's say, potential mixed layers? Or is it no, 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 no. Um, uh, it is N. So it will combine all of the leftover quantities currently based on the surface in the future, maybe based on the volume. And the important thing for the stacking rules is then, is that layer considered as complete? So can I stack something else on top? And there is currently a tolerance regarding the surface consumption and the height difference those products can have. Uh, but this is really the most important thing because in standard, we say we allow per palette only one incomplete layer. This is considered to be on top. All of the layers below need to be stable. But of course, you can force the engine to consider maybe a let's say 75% full layer as stackable because in reality, especially in retail where you have a, 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 a large variety of different products, this is more going into be the capability of the packer. Can I do it or not? So transportation relevant is then the volume consumption. Can it physically somehow fit in there? And then the guy is going to do that anyway. So to sum up the three step, steps again, first step is to make a complete palette. Right. Then we would have the leftover layers. We would combine the layers which, with each other. Right. And maybe we have a third step and that is one product and that can co be combined on a layer with other, the other. Right, the, the mixed products. layers. Mixed. Until yeah. all the restrictions are yep. checked. Yep. Okay. okay. I understood it. What about you, Bernd? I, I already understood it like... Two minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Stefan? I understood. I think two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood. <laughs> okay, okay. Please explain the spin packing algorithm. Then. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. We're running out of time here. <laughs> One thing. I said uh, we apply. Uh, Hive optimization bin stacking algorithm. Yeah. One very important thing here is that if you're coming closer in your end-to-end -end process to accept that this is a warehouse-specific task, so the package building, um, the picking sequence becomes more and more relevant. So usually they define within a warehouse the optimal way for the packer to reduce the distance. Mm -hmm. And um, we have foreseen that by delivering an algorithm which can already consider such a pick sequence, but since we don't have uh, such information on the TM side, there's an enhancement spot where we pass all of the items that shall be consolidated together 
including the quantity and there's the plugin spot where you can then put them into a sequence how you want to or how you would process them in the warehouse uh, this is very very important for our customers oh. okay um, maybe <coughs> could you uh, mention some important bodies or enhancement spots or? yeah there is one enhancement spot yeah. uh, in the I don't have the name here, but uh, it is in the customizing right next to the package builder profile. Mm -hmm. uh, and there you basically can jump in all of the yeah, steps we already touched on. You can jump uh, into the split factor determination and kind of apply an additional rule. Uh, you can uh, switch off, for example, the full product building. You can apply an alternative layer combination algorithm if you say, well, the height optimization or the pick sequence is not uh, sufficient for you. You have something very special. And you can also jump into the area of the mixed layer and make it mixed package building. If you, for example, have a third-party tool uh, highly sophisticated, uh, capable of creating Tetris-like uh, <laughs> mixed layers or packages, you can say, I let the standard build the easy stuff and jump in there uh, where it gets complicated. And then this is where Peter jumps in and <coughs> codes the rest, the Tetris part of it, right? Of course, right. <laughs> Anything else? Maybe additional sources of information? I assume there will be some Monday knowledge snippets. Uh, Right over the last weeks, there uh, have been a few. So there's lots of uh, yeah, stuff out there. Um, and even though we have been laughing about it, uh, I think it is uh, a functionality that is very hard to understand without graphics. Uh, so speaking of a layer and a mixed layer and I have leftover quantities sounds always nice, but to, to really see it in the graphic is, is much easier. Uh, so I recommend uh, the upcoming solution guides for that. Uh, it's not yet available, but uh, it is in process. And then it becomes more clear what the functionality is really doing when combining layers. And something Even more than now. And something you will find also on the RKT material for TM9.3. There are some slides yeah. regarding this. So lots of the parameters you can tell hundreds of sentences about it, and if you have just one one picture, it becomes much more clear. And that's why we did an audio podcast about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't spoken about okay. the parameters too much. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's it for today, right? So thank you for all the answers. Thanks for the questions. Um, and thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.